Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Still no coach. We wait for the white smoke in Ashburn, I guess. Uh, Still many of you massively disappointed, horrified, hysterical, panicked completely over how much You're convinced this has been botched, uh, while others are just sitting back smoking it up saying, I'm good with whatever they decide, uh, because the, the, the last guy, the last guy wished everybody happy Thanksgiving in the introductory press conference of Ron Rivera. And he's gone, thankfully. Um, one guest on the show today. We're going to go to Dallas at 1135 and talk to our guy Mickey Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com about Dan Quinn. Uh, the situation would seem to be this. Dan Quinn, Anthony Weaver, and Aaron Glenn. Uh, that's the list of candidates who have been interviewed two times. Uh, it is possible that the candidate list expands. Adam Schefter sort of suggested that in a report last night. If it does then I do think it would be reasonable to conclude that you know they were dead set on one to two candidates, maybe Ben Johnson, probably Ben Johnson, maybe Mike McDonald, and they really thought they would get one of them, and now they are taking a deep collective breath and trying to get their bearings. Um, one result that would actually be alarming to me because at this point, if you can't tell from the shows this week, I'm not nearly as stressed about this as some of you are, but I would hate it if they actually, let's just say, really like Dan Quinn, which I'm pretty sure they do, but fan reaction to Quinn is making them hesitate or rethink it. That would be a problem. If anybody out there in Ashburn is listening, do not be influenced by what we or fans think about something as important as the hiring of a head coach. There are things that fans should be a part of. What we think of your head coaching hire isn't one of them. Adam Peters was a god 16 days ago for choosing Washington. Let the man hire who he thinks is the best man for the job without any concern about the public reaction to it. We have watched for years in this town too many people in charge out there have big ears and care way too much about what people 
outside of that building thought about the job they were doing. Ron Rivera's last four years, he may go down as the number one listener and reactor to fan and media criticism. And there's a long list of guys out there that cared. Don't do that. Uh, But I don't have any reason, uh, honestly, to think that that is an issue right now. I don't. Uh, Much more, of course, on all of this coming up, including Ben Johnson's first comments about staying in Detroit. Uh, This from Jake on a completely different subject. Kevin, your boy Kawhi was on fire last night. Did you go? Uh, I did say the other day, I forget if it was on the radio here with Denton or or if it was on the podcast with Tommy. I was planning on going last night. I did not go. Um, I wanted to go. I just didn't get around to it. I was in my studio here late last night waiting for perhaps some news that I thought might come that did not. Um, the Clippers were in town last night. And yeah, my boy is Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they've been the best team in the league over the last month and a half. They won easily, um, 125 to 109. Uh, Kawhi had 31 points in 30 minutes. Uh, Denton, he had nine rebounds, four assists, and four steals. He is having, and I hope by the time we get to the end of the year and he is still healthy, knock on wood, he's having a first-team NBA kind of a season right now. Um, I didn't watch a lot of the game, uh, but I did see that the Wizards' first-round pick, Koulibaly, started for the second time this year and had an excellent game. For those of you, or actually for all of you, uh, I know you're not paying attention to this team right now. The guy they drafted in the first round, this new regime drafted, uh, the kid from France, he's 19 years old. He's good. 19 points last night, 8 of 16 shooting. He defends very well. Everybody knew that. Um, He had two block shots, two steals. He's definitely a keeper at this point. Uh, Is he going to be a superstar? I don't know, but I think he is definitely a key piece down the road um, for whatever they end up creating uh, in the way of their best effort to try to contend at some point by the year 2037. Um, But he's good, Denton. I've watched enough of him this year. They got it right with this kid. This kid can really guard. He's incredibly confident um, and very, very aggressive, but also heady defensively. And he shoots it much better than I think people thought he did uh, when they drafted him. Uh, He'll be on the team a week from now, but others... Uh, may not be because the NBA trade deadline is a week from today, and I think the Wizards will be very busy. Um, I didn't go to the game last night, but I did watch what may have been one of the best college games of the year. Did you watch Purdue Northwestern, Denton, last night? No, I did not. I was kicking myself for not getting in front of the TV. That game was so good. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to talk up Purdue and Northwestern, and then we're going to get to the tournament, and the Big Ten's going to be eliminated at the end of the first weekend. Um, these two teams have really went at it last night. Northwestern is good. I, you know, I've, I looked at some of the bracketologists uh, recently. They're anywhere from a five to an eight seed projected right now. They beat Purdue earlier in the year. Uh, in Chicago. Last night they were on the road. Purdue's ranked number two in the country, and they had a chance to do it again on the road. 
at Mackey. They were up five with two minutes to go, um, but ended up losing in overtime 105-96, to a game that basically ended with Northwestern head coach Chris Collins coming out onto the floor with a second to go. In the referee's face, he gets tossed. He was irate about one thing primarily, which I'll get to here in a moment, but he was in the moment irate that they missed an obvious hook offensive foul uh, with Purdue having the ball up three. It would have given Northwestern the ball down three with about 15 seconds to go. Totally missed the call right in front of the referee. Uh, the Purdue kid uh, grabbed the inbounds and then in trying to get out of a trap, put his right arm out and just completely hooked the defender. Uh, it was it was an egregious miss. But the other reason that Chris Collins, yeah, that's the Chris Collins for those of you that don't know, Doug Collins' son, the Chris Collins that played at Duke uh, all of those years. Um, listen to the free throw disparity in this game, all right? Overall, Purdue had 46 free throw attempts in the game. Northwestern had eight. We've seen disparities in free throws in games, and you walk away saying, my God, they that team at home, they got the benefit of the whistle. 46 to eight is the largest free throw attempt gap in the Big Ten over the past 25 years, according to ESPN stats and information. The discrepancy also was the second biggest discrepancy of the season. Northeastern University, that would be the Boston Northeastern, um, had 51 free throw attempts to Old Dominion's nine free throw attempts in a game on December 2nd. Scott Jackson was probably calling that game. But last night, Purdue, who is definitely an inside-out team. If you watch Purdue, they've got Zach Eady. You know they go inside. They go to the rim a lot. They also shoot a lot of threes. Northwestern's got a kid in Boo Booey who's going to be a first-team All-Big Ten player. And he is an aggressive player. Now, he shoots a lot of threes, but then he drives it as well. He did not have a free-throw attempt in the game. Uh, Doug, uh, Doug Collins, Chris Collins said after the game, he said, I don't know if I've ever seen a disparity like that in a Big Ten game. Well, he was right. It's been 25 years, and he wasn't coaching in the Big Ten, and he wasn't a part of the Big Ten 25 years ago. I mean, I feel like we were aggressive. Bowie doesn't shoot a free throw in the game. It's kind of crazy, but that's how the game got called. Um, he said, if you had said to me before the game, uh, you're going to be down 50 at the free throw line. Now, it wasn't 50, uh, but it was 38. Um, and we're going to have a shot at the uh, at the end of regulation at the buzzer to win the game. I would have said that that's impossible, that that's pretty incredible. Uh, the funny thing about the free throw disparity is Purdue didn't take advantage of it. They missed 17 of the 46 free throw attempts. They were just 29 of 46. If they had made their free throws, or at least just an average number of free throws, the game wouldn't have been that close. But it was really an intense game, a a high-level game at the end with Zach Eady. Man, he had 30 and 15 in the game, and they just – he's very – 
He's not an NBA center because in today's NBA game, you've got to be able to go out and stretch the floor and shoot. If not the three, you've got to at least be a threat to shoot the jump shot from somewhere where you're stretching the floor. And he's not that. He is an old-school, old-time big. Um, There will be a place for him in the NBA. He'll be on a roster, but he's just such uh, an outlier in terms of big men. But at the college level, wow. Um, he is, he's got great hands, great feet. He's just gotten so much better. Uh, Matt Painter's done a great job, uh, in coaching, uh, them. I don't know. This to me feels, did we talk about this before Denton, that this kind of feels to me like, and maybe you were the one that brought it up to me and made the comparison when Virginia got beat by UMBC in the first round as a, oh, yeah. as a one seed first one to ever fall. Um, they came back next year. They won the national championship. Purdue lost last year as a one seed to a 16. This kind of feels like that kind of a year. They have, they've got the veterans. They've got the coach. They've got the inside outside. They have an excellent backcourt uh, and lawyer and Jones. Um, they've got a guy in Gillis that comes off the bench who's outstanding. I think this kind of feels. Uh, Smith and Lawyer is who I was talking about. Uh, their backcourt. I think this feels like a Purdue year. Yeah, they have they have guards that aren't afraid to shoot anymore because in that loss to Fairleigh Dickinson, the guards were afraid to shoot. When Zach Eadie yeah. was getting triple, they're like, I don't know what to do with the basketball this far away from the hoop, and they were just kind of passing it around. Now they have legit guard play. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a potential. I, I don't know if I would put money on them now, although I will tell you. I, I did win the bracket that year where UVA came back and won. I was the only person in my bracket challenge that had that happening. So I felt pretty good about that then. But there are definitely some similarities. But I'll tell you what, Kevin. I love UConn. Oh, I yeah, love UConn's UConn awesome so right now. So much. They are playing really, really well. They they actually were down early. I was flipping back and forth between that. The, Purdue, uh, the Penn State Rutgers had started, but the UConn-Providence game. Uh, last night, UConn beat him seventy-four to sixty-five, and they are rolling right now. I don't think they've lost for like a month, um, and they've destroyed people too. Uh, they had a close game with Villanova, but then they absolutely destroyed somebody. They beat somebody by like forty a week or two ago. Uh, Z- uh, Xavier, it was. Xavier D- just destroyed him from the jump. Yeah, destroyed him. They 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 beat the crap out of Creighton too, and Creighton's decent. Um. But yeah, UConn, uh, old Danny Hurley's got him going um, again, and uh, they're certainly going to be there. The college basketball season, you know, it's about now that a lot of people start paying attention to it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be, um, you know, I think it feels a little wide open. I think Houston's really good um, from what I've watched. I haven't watched as much college hoops as I've typically watched at this point. Um, you know, I watched. I flipped the, the Kentucky Florida game on briefly last night. I didn't. I actually flipped it on when Kentucky was up. They ended up losing the game in overtime. Uh, you know, you know what I care about. I care about Maryland. They go to Michigan State nationally televised game Saturday at five thirty on Fox, and it's a massive game for the Terps. Uh, it would put them a game over five hundred in the Big Ten, and it would legitimately get them back into the. We got a chance to make a run and get into the NCAA tournament after it really looked like we were nothing 
uh, resembling an NCAA tournament team. We'll see what happens. Um, they uh, they get Michigan State uh, on Saturday on the road, and they had that two-point loss to them uh, a week ago Sunday when Jameer Young turned the ball over on the last possession down by two. By the way, let me just give you right now, free of charge, Wisconsin tonight plays Nebraska. Um, Nebraska just lost at Maryland by 22 points. Nebraska is hosting Wisconsin tonight, and they are just a one-point underdog. Wisconsin's number six in the country. Uh, That one reeks. I will have the Huskers. I have not bet a ton of college basketball at all. You and I were talking about that the other day. I have not really bet that much college hoops at all. But I will be back in action tonight with Nebraska at home plus one against the sixth-ranked team in the country uh, with Nebraska coming off a 22-point loss and Wisconsin on a three-game win streak, uh, including the last time they played, which was a blowout win over Michigan State. That line doesn't make any sense. That one reeks. Smell test, college basketball pick. Nebraska tonight for the limit. Uh, let's get to a what do you got. All right, all right, all right. What do you got? So Ben Johnson uh, apparently called and talked to his star receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, on Wednesday morning, yesterday morning. Because Amon Ross St. Brown, who's got a podcast – Uh, with his brother called St. Brown Brothers Podcast, told the story of his conversation with Ben Johnson on Tuesday morning. He said that he got a call from Ben Johnson, and he said, so what's up with you? Did you interview? Are you leaving? And he told Amon Ross St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, in, in, in retelling the story, said, quote, he's like, you know what? I'm on my way to the facility right now. I couldn't sleep last night thinking about it. There's unfinished business. I'm going to stay. Closed quote. That's what he told him on Ross St. Brown. Said his heart's in Detroit, in Detroit, and he wants to stay. I have no idea what the timing of that is. He said Tuesday morning. I don't know what time the Washington contingent got onto the plane. I don't know when he let them know. There have been reports that he texted them. Yes, that's it's unprofessional. You know, um, on every level, if they're on the plane and they're they're getting a text saying, I'm not going to interview, I'm staying in Detroit at that point. Certainly, it should have been something that was done face-to-face, something that, you know, could have been done even before they left. Um, But as I've said the last couple of days, this guy was rather preoccupied uh, over the last three weeks. You know, to, to just assume that all he was thinking about was the Washington and or Seattle opportunities and his presentation in an interview and his you know answers to questions about staff and whatever while he's getting ready to coach in the biggest games of that franchise's life since 1957 you know I don't think that's realistic um, it's very possible that after the loss, after being eliminated, you know, he got home and he said, "All right, now I got to really focus on this. Is this really something that I want?" And it certainly sounds like overall, the biggest takeaway from the Ben Johnson saga is he doesn't believe he's ready to be a head coach right now. You know, there are people that think it was only about money. There are people that think it was only about the opportunities and he didn't like them. 
And now I think there's a narrative starting to develop that perhaps, you know, because he's uncertain as to whether or not he's ready to be a head coach, the teams that were super interested became less interested. As I said yesterday on the show, I would have hoped if this guy was really waffling, you know, fence-sitting on should I or shouldn't I, if he's got fears about being a head coach, concerns, lack of belief in being a head coach, I would certainly hope that the Washington contingent in a sit-down interview face-to-face on Monday, if they had gotten to that point, would have recognized that and wouldn't have offered him anyway. Again, I think we dodged a bullet on Ben Johnson. I think so. I mean, we may get a completely different story at some point that says, oh my God, no, this guy is the real deal. He's just waiting on a specific opportunity that he thinks will be there next year. And he got more money, even though Schefter reported he didn't get more money. I just think that, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's scared to be a head coach right now. And if that's true, you don't want you don't want a guy that doesn't believe in himself enough after what he's done offensively. I mean, there have been a lot less in terms of coaching jobs done by coordinators that have resulted in big time contracts in places. Like this guy was one of the most sought after coordinator candidates in recent years. Uh, Kevin, take this with a, a brief grain or maybe a big grain of salt, but Mark Schlereth was on a radio station in Seattle yesterday. Mark Schlereth? Yeah, Mark Schlereth, yep. and he alluded to Ben Johnson really only wanted to go to the Chargers, and once Jim Harbaugh took that job, it was it was pretty set in stone that he was coming back to Detroit. Okay. And if that's the case, and he knew that, you know, once Harbaugh took the job, which was, what, last week, he should have let Washington know. He should have let him know in advance. And perhaps he was just using Washington and using Seattle and using others as leverage in his potential negotiations with the Chargers if it fell through with Harbaugh. Who knows? Um, But if he didn't want us or if he doesn't really want to be a coach, whatever it is, it needs to be the right match. And it didn't appear to be with Ben Johnson in Washington, despite all of the reporting that indicated otherwise. Look, I got sucked into all of the reporting, too. You know, it certainly felt like it was Ben Johnson as number one, and Ben Johnson felt maybe the same way about Washington. You know, we had multiple people saying Ben Johnson over and over and over again. Standig was always a little bit, you know, uh, standoffish on this. Um, he was like, you know, he, he said he said to us earlier in the week, and I thought it was an interesting point. He said, when Boomer Esiason went on his radio show and said he knows and essentially is reporting, remember this was early last week maybe, Denton, that Ben Johnson is a done deal in Washington. When people who are covering the sport and reporting on the, both teams in both places weren't hearing anything from anybody, that was the moment that he first was thinking, something ain't right here. Like Boomer Esiason, why would he have this? And Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter or a beat person in either market wouldn't have it first. Uh, It was echo chamberish. It was like it just became a thing. 
And I thought Ben made a really good point yesterday. He was on my podcast yesterday. He said if there's any criticism of the team specific to the Ben Johnson situation, maybe it was they could have done a better job of not allowing the Ben Johnson as the number one guy done deal conversation to sit out there for two weeks because it set an expectation level and maybe they weren't completely sure. Ben Johnson wasn't completely sure. That's for sure. And maybe, and again, a part of me is like, I don't really think they should care at all what we think. Um, but, you know, maybe there was a way to, uh, you know, perhaps leak information or give somebody information that there are actually two or three or four candidates that they really like a lot and that Ben Johnson's just one of them because of where they were in the postseason that sat out there for roughly a week and a half, you know, after the Peters hiring. Uh, all right, so there you go. Ben Johnson uh, through Amon Ross St. Brown uh, telling um, uh, you know people uh, or telling him uh, why he was staying in Detroit. All right, uh, lots of conversation, obviously, lots of perspectives on all of this. I want to go through a few of them, uh, and then I do want right now your thoughts on. A, do you think that this situation is being botched? B, how would you like to see it resolved? 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Phone lines will open in about 5 to 10 minutes. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We are free and live on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, so um, we'll open it up for phone calls here shortly, but I want to read this from Blaine. Uh, Blaine tweeted me yesterday after it became clear that Mike McDonald was likely heading to Seattle, which he did signing a reported six-year deal. He tweeted, said, Kevin, listen to you this morning, meaning yesterday morning. I think trying to explain this away as if it weren't botched is way out there. They did botch this. They didn't get their top choices. It's lame that you don't see this. Um, appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Sheehan DC. So here's what I would say to those of you, and it's many of you, 
um, that are just so dismayed at the way this has gone down here this week. And you're convinced that this has been totally botched. Um, you know, it's it may be true that they missed out on their top two choices. Uh, and if that is true, and I don't know that we know for sure that it's true, but let's just assume for a moment that they did miss out on their top two choices. You know, maybe, just maybe it's because of the available jobs they weren't, meaning Washington wasn't a top two choice. I just don't see, even if it's true that they had their heart set on Ben Johnson and then worst case Mike McDonald, and they were dead set on both of those and they didn't get either one of them, I don't think missing out on your number one is a botch. I don't think missing out on your number one and number two is a botch. And by the way, it doesn't go any deeper than that. Some of you suggesting that they're not hitting on anybody that they wanted. They had Raheem Morris here. They had this guy there. They, Vrabel wouldn't even – no. Best, best case for those of you that are convinced it was botched is they missed out on their top two choices. Well, why would that be? We, we talked towards the end of the season, definitely. For sure, when the season ended, where does Washington rank as an opening – you know, there was a lot of discussion. It may be the most attractive opening, um, or maybe it's second only to the Chargers, or maybe it would be third if the Bears' job became available, et cetera, et cetera. Atlanta's pretty good, too. Um, you know, there there have been a lot of um, discussions about where it ranks. Look, the reality of this is they are still, you know, the Washington whatevers. They play in a crap stadium. They have average to probably less than average facilities in Ashburn. There's a fan base that basically turned and ran away from this franchise over the last decade during the Snyder years. And and really, at best, is only half back. Uh, They've got a roster that's got a ton of holes. Of course, the flip side to that is the draft picks, the number two overall, the salary cap space, that's attractive. They've got new ownership that isn't Dan Snyder, very attractive. But if it is true for those that are so, so upset about how badly this has been botched, in your opinion, if it is true that they missed out on number one and number two, they didn't get the top guy or the top two guys they wanted, Maybe it's just because it wasn't the bat, the best or the absolute best job opening during this cycle. Maybe it was only the third or fourth best. But let me just tell you overall why I just can't get there with some of you at this point. If they had missed out, let's just say 15, 16 days ago on Adam Peters, Okay, and they had ended up hiring Dan Morgan, who went to Carolina, I think. Ed Dodds, who's out there, maybe ended up in Vegas, I forget. Glenn Cook, Cook, although he was one of the you know guys on their shortlist. If they had missed out on all of the guys on their GM shortlist and had to settle for a guy that really nobody had ever had ever heard of, because most had never heard of guys like Alec Hallaby and 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 even Adam Peters. Then a little bit more concern. Then I'd be wondering, 
how do how are people from the outside viewing the organization? They didn't get the GM that they wanted. They are struggling to get the head coach that they want. That would be more reason, I think, to be alarmed. But they did get Adam Peters. They got the number one GM candidate. Everybody's number one guy from one of the two or three best organizations in the league. They got him. He chose us. If that hadn't happened, then some of the reaction right now, to me, would be a little bit more reasonable and justified. But it was just 16 days ago we were hailing the arrival of Adam Peters. Oh my God, they got Adam Peters. He chose us. It's a new day. People view this organization much differently. We wouldn't if he even gotten an interview. Peters wouldn't have interviewed with this team. And not only did he interview, he picked us. He's here. If we were talking about Dan Morgan, Ed Dodds as the current general manager, and they were struggling with this head coach search, they you know missed out on one and two, okay. I'd be a little bit more with you with respect to concern. Now, my M.O. is benefit of the doubt. That is my M.O. It's the only way I can operate right now. And the reason is, simply put, that for 20 years, 20 years, we could not give this organization any benefit of the doubt. Two decades, at least, of the 25 Snyder years. Maybe a little bit less than two decades. It took six, seven years before we started to really question things. Some of you had it nailed down in 2000. But for the better part of the last 10, 15, 20 years, we haven't been able to allow ourselves the opportunity to give the organization the benefit of the doubt. Because they proved over and over again that they got it wrong so much more than they got it right. But now we are in position, I think, from my perspective anyway, to allow for some benefit of the doubt. You know, my MO for now is benefit of doubt, especially, especially since they got Adam Peters. If they hadn't, if they had whiffed on their top four candidates, you know, for GM, Hallaby, no. Cunningham, no. Um, Cunningham, I guess, was one of the final two. Uh, Cunningham, no. Peters, no. Hallaby, no. And they settled for a guy that nobody had ever really heard of. I mean, most of these guys, none of you had heard of until three, four weeks ago. Uh, And then they were also here as the last vacancy for head coach. I'd be more with you. But they did get Adam Peters. Benefit of the doubt, especially, by the way, when it comes to things like a head coaching search, which includes primarily a candidate field with mostly guys who have never done it before. We just don't know that much. It's okay to say, I'm pissed off at the free agent they signed. I thought he sucked for Carolina or I just, or the draft choice, man, I really wanted that, you know, UCLA D end instead of that SMU tackle. Those are things that we will have opinions on, and we will debate. I'll, I'm still going to be in benefit of the doubt mode. I'm still going to be in that mode. They don't have a track record yet 
Let's let him get out on the track and run a little bit. Just a little. 16 days ago. The dude is, I mean, people are popping champagne corks and celebrating that finally somebody wants us. And 16 days later, he's botching it. He's totally botched it. Um, All right, the question at 301-230-0980, is, do you have that feeling that they're botching it right now? And if you do or don't, that's okay. What do you want to see the conclusion to be? How do you want this thing to go? Meaning, who do you want them to hire and by when? Uh, was it botched? How do you want to see this thing end? 301-230-0980. No, it wasn't botched, in my opinion. How do I want to see this go? I want to see Adam Peters hire a really good coach. And at this point, I would love to see Vrabel interviewed. Not going to lie about that, but there's something there with Vrabel. It's the Rand Carthon thing. You know, Carthon and and him and and the Strunk, um, Amy Strunk, the owner of the Titans, that, that was apparently an ugly breakup potentially. And Adam Peters and Rand Carthon are friends. They work together in San Francisco. So I think that's part why Vrabel hasn't gotten any interest from Washington. All right, was it botched? How do you want to see this thing go? 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We are free and live on the Odyssey app. Green Bay Packers announced they're planning to hire Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley as the team's new defensive coordinator. It sent Median College Football to claim that college football is spiraling. Kirk Herbstreit, one of those guys who took to Twitter to uh, to talk about the sport he loves and how it is going downward. Seattle Seahawks hire Mike McDonald as the next head coach on a six-year deal instead of the usual five-year deal for a new head coach. Wizards in action last night. Their two-game win streak snapped 125-109 to the Los Angeles Clippers. Kyle Kuzma scored 27. Bilal Koulibaly scored 19 as his second game in the starting lineup. Wizards back at home on Friday to take on the Miami Heat. And that's what's trending. All right. Uh, Do you think this coach search has been botched? And then whether the answer is yes or no, how do you want to see this thing go from here? I don't think it was botched. Um, Even if it's true, which I don't know that it is, that they've missed out on their top two candidates, call them Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald, I still wouldn't consider that to be botching the coaching search. Again, if you if we were in a different position with respect to the general manager hire, like they didn't get Cunningham, they didn't get Peters, they didn't get Hallaby, they didn't get any of their uh, uh, the top candidates that they had, and they had to settle for Dan Morgan or Ed Dodds, and then they were also here as the last available opening, that would be reasonable at that point to wonder how people in the league are viewing Washington or, you know, specifically how they're viewing Josh Harris, the search committee, the people that are in charge right now. But they got Adam Peters. It kind of kills the argument that they don't know what they're doing. 
because they got the number one GM guy. Um, I don't think that this has been botched. I don't think at this point that Ben Johnson was, without question, their number one candidate. I think the perception of what was going on uh, in terms of Ben Johnson over the last two weeks did not match the reality behind the walls in Ashburn. I don't. Um, and specific to Mike McDonald, I, I I feel like they probably had him as a high-level candidate, but I think they've had Quinn as a high-level candidate too. Why hasn't Quinn been hired at this point? Concerns me a little bit. I don't think that they're listening to, to fan reaction. I certainly don't. Uh, it would be a big mistake if they were. Um, you know, as I said yesterday, look, we're a traumatized fan base. We are a damaged fan base. And the expectation of the worst, because we got the worst over and over again, it's hard for that feeling to fade. It's hard to have any faith. It's hard to give benefit of the doubt. But we would have all traded benefit of the doubt for the new regime, for Dan being gone in a New York second a year ago. And we got that. And not only that, they hired the number one GM candidate, which was always the most important hire for most of you anyway. When we did that poll, it was GM one, quarterback two at number two in the draft, and then head coach. No, I don't think it's botched. How do I want to see this go? I mean, if again, these are real slight leans because we don't know when it comes to Anthony Weaver, you know, and Aaron Glenn. Um, We know a little bit more about Dan Quinn, for sure. And I don't view him as Ron Rivera, too. I don't, personally. Why? Yes, they have similar resumes. Yes, they were defensive guys. Ron came to work for Dan Snyder. Ron came to work as a CEO coach. And as a coach-centric coach, responsible for everything football-wise in the organization. Dan Quinn would be coming here to coach. And as far as the argument as I had somebody send this to me and I'm forgetting who sent it to me, but I jotted down some of the points. Um, I should probably find who sent me this list, Uh, but whatever, you know who you are and I appreciate it. As far as the idea that they're just hiring a retread. Well, uh, Shula was a retread. Vermeil was a retread. Reeves was a retread. Holmgren was a retread. Andy Reid was a retread. Tony Dungy was a retread. Coughlin was a retread. Pete Carroll was a retread. Gary Kubiak was a retread. There is a long list of guys who coached somewhere else, had a, you know a modicum of success, and then in their next gig won it all. So let's not you know obsess over retread, like a guy that's coached somewhere else and had just a modicum of success. And in Dan Quinn's case, 43 and 42 overall, two straight playoff seasons. Yes, I I pointed out and have pointed out with Kyle Shanahan and with Steve, Steve Sarkeesian in particular as his OC. The OC hire would be crucial if they hired Quinn. But at this point, how would I like to see it go? Um, I'm okay with Dan Quinn and a really, you know, solid offensive coordinator because that's going to be a crucial hire. 
You know, a Brian Greasy, if they believe in him, a Frank Reich, a Greg Roman combined with Jaden Daniels at number two overall. (laughs) Uh, I was talking about this yesterday, Denton. Baltimore fans couldn't stand Roman at the end, and receivers didn't want to play in his offense, remember? But on Sunday against the Chiefs, I heard Ravens fans saying, wish Greg Roman had been calling plays. We would have ran the ball more than six times. All right, uh, 301-230-0980. Denton, I'll ask you, what's your answer? Have they botched this? And then how would you like to see it conclude? I don't think they've, they've botched it, but they definitely haven't hit a home run with it either. Yeah, I think they're somewhere in the middle. They might be hitting a double if we want to stay with the baseball metaphor there. Uh, I'll answer one of your questions on timeline. Uh, you and I going to have a real fun event, real fun time tomorrow at the Bethesda Theater. Everybody should come out, 106.7 versus Team 980. Yep. I'd like them to have a coach by the time we hit the stage. So we'll have that to discuss. No, it might be better if we don't. It might be better, but it also could be better if they hire one immediately and then you get immediate re- – or not immediately, but hire one right before the event. We get immediate reactions from people who don't like Dan Quinn or who do like Dan Quinn or Aaron Glenn or Anthony Weaver, whoever they end up hiring. I, I don't really – Honestly, I don't really care at this point. Just hire somebody and build out a staff. Like The longer this is going, the slimmer the pickings are going to be for who you build your staff out with, and that is a little worrisome for me. Uh, From uh, Pay, Uh, Pay says, do you think that they'd back off from Quinn because of fan reaction? And then he wrote hashtag Jim Fossil. Uh, Yeah, remember that? Uh, Fossil, by the way, I didn't realize this. I was talking about him the other day with Tommy. He passed away two years ago. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, I probably did know that, but I had forgotten about it. But, yeah, uh, they put out Fossil and let it float out there for a few days. They actually hired Fossil's recommended OC, Jim Zorn, in 2008. Uh, And the fan reaction to Fossil was so over-the-top negative, they backed off Fossil and ended up hiring Zorn. This is not the same situation. I don't think pay. I would say to you, I know I suggested that earlier. I would just be disappointed if public reaction to the idea of Dan Quinn was somehow an influencer in that building. I don't think it is at all. It would disappoint me if I found out at some point that it was. I heard, as I shared with all of you guys a week and a half ago, that Dan Quinn was super impressive, and as one of my sources told me, he considered Dan Quinn to be their plan B if Ben Johnson falls through. So we'll see. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Let's start with Michael. Michael, have they botched this, and how would you like to see it finish up? No, they have not botched it. And to Denton, a.k.a. Brandon's point, baseball metaphor it's like the fourth inning but you're right there's such ptsd in this fan base (laughs) they're like coming out of this abusive relationship and as soon as they see something that reminds them of their old girlfriend they freak out right yeah um i like slow and steady i think there is a bit of a reclamation component to this still more off the field maybe than on the field what do you mean for that reason i what's that what do you mean by reclamation on the field versus off? Um, reputation in the league. Oh, reputation. Roster, stadium. Yep. Reclamation. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Um, Got it. So I think for that purpose, I, I'm kind of shying away from the young innovator because I want something, somebody with a little experience who's who's been tethered to or been part of 
you know, building or, or re-establishing an institution or a team or a roster. So I, I tend to lean towards the Vrabels uh, and the Dan Quinns um, rather than a young and upcom- upcoming. But I like the slow and steady, and I we wouldn't even know if it's bots for two years. I mean, we're not even going to know what we get for two years with a new coach. Take your time, folks. Take a breath and trust the guy that, uh, to your point, was everyone was excited to have leading this initiative. Yeah, I think, you know, there is definitely an element of everybody believes these are the same red flags that we have seen over and over again for the last two-plus decades because we're so used to, you know, the red flags. We're so used to to knowing that – this is an issue. This is being botched. This is, you know, people balking on Dan and Bruce or Dan and Vinny, et cetera, et cetera. Again, if if they didn't land Adam Peters and they had to go way down the list and off their top three or four candidates, or at least the reported top three or four for the GM, then I would think that there would be a more justifiable reason to be looking at this like, ooh, not the best first impression maybe of Josh Harris from a lot of these people. Um, but they did get Adam Peters. They did. Uh, Robert, Robert and Fairfax, go. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? I'm well, uh, yeah, Robert, how are you? I think they're totally fine. I mean, these coordinators want $12, 15000000 million a year, and they've never been coaches before, you know? And I'm not saying they can't do it. But I, I think being an offensive coordinator is not the same as being, you know, a head coach, you know, leader of men of like 50 guys, you know. And um, I like Aaron Glenn. I mean, I, can, I can't listen to an Eric the Enemy press conference again. Like all the cliches he threw out, all the coach speak. I, I, can, I can sit through an Aaron Glenn press conference. He seems like a genuine guy. Um, players love him. And if they hire like an Aaron Glenn with the Brian Greasy as offensive coordinator, I'd be all for it. Look, I I couldn't care less about the press conferences. I care much more that the quarterback doesn't get sacked nine times and throw three interceptions. That would be – I'd prefer the opposite of that and terrible in the press conference. But I get your point, and I don't think really – I mean, I've had several of you reach out and say, why isn't there more discussion of Eric Biennemi? I think the reason is that the chances that Eric Biennemi is going to be the head coach are not very high. Um, let's go to, actually, we'll go to a break real quickly. Uh, Kev, stay there. Uh, I just saw that you were on hold. Kyle, CW, Billy, Rick, Nikki. Uh, we got a line open. Uh, our ACE law lines are open. Call 88 ACE law. If you're in a wreck, they'll help you get a check. 301-230-0980. That's 301-230-0980. The question simply put, are they botching this? Uh, would you like, and what would you like to see? Uh, the conclusion be 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 